good to uh, have you to continue to fellowship with you all on today. Uh, and, and the way that we should all look at it is it's a privilege to have the ability to come and be uh, edified by one another and sing songs and glorify God in this way. Uh, it's a privilege. And it's a privilege anytime we do it, regardless of the time of day. So again, it's always encouraging to see uh, folks continuously praising when there's an opportunity to do so. Amen. I'm just thankful for that. It's always encouraging. And uh, just continue to encourage me. Uh, I, I, being up here is a privilege and it's an honor and it's uh, not something that's lost on me. Again, anytime you're in a position to handle God's word, you have to take that and you have to understand what that responsibility means. So again, I don't, it's not lost on me. Um, before I start though, my kids, I'm going to share something about my kids. I was sitting in the back and they didn't know I, I sat in the back. And so Jacob, um, just the differences between my two kids. Uh, Jacob came back there. He found me. He went to the bathroom. So he found me. And as he was coming back, you know, he came back. He gave me a hug. And he loved him. And I said, all right. Jacob has no problem doing that. Jeremiah, though, Jeremiah saw me. He came back. He came to check on me. Jeremiah walked right past me. <laughs> Didn't say nothing to me. So, I, you know, I had to hit him. And he looked at me like, why, what? So he came back by. And I had, he still didn't say nothing to me. But... He loves me in different ways, and my children, I just want to share that with you. Jacob is where I got my encouragement from, but again, nevertheless. Um, <laughs> boys, man, they wild. <laughs> but um, again, I'm just thankful for the opportunity, and this afternoon, um, I'm just going to share a concept from the Word in hopes that it will uh, prompt us to do just a little self-reflection and self-evaluation. Uh, nothing... Nothing too strenuous. I'm not going to get super deep. I just want to give us something that will help us to kind of remember what it is that we should be doing in our everyday walk. Um, and I'm going to attempt to communicate that concept through a biblically historical account of Cain and Abel. And now, I said it that way for a reason. A lot of times, you know, and it's just me personally, this is a drive thing. When people say uh, Bible stories, that just, sometimes it kind of triggers me in a little, in a way. So what I'm emphasizing is, the historicity of the Bible. In other words, what I'm saying is the Bible is true and this is an accurate account for those who believe. So I want to make sure that I emphasize that. And again, it's just very simple uh, talking about Cain and Abel and that's something that we're all familiar with. Children are familiar with. We grow up learning about Cain and Abel and understanding who Cain and Abel was, what they did, why it was such a big deal. We talk about Cain and Abel in Hebrews, all of those different things. But I want us to take a different perspective and look a little deeper in terms of some self-evaluation and some self-reflection for us. Mm. And so we'll do that this afternoon. And um, what we're going to examine doing that is we're going to look at roadblocks to worship. So roadblocks to worship. All right, so we'll take our text from Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. And y'all know me, so anytime I give you all something, I got to give you context to go along with it. So we'll start here, and then we'll get uh, some, to some context, and then we'll get to the Hebrews 4 and 12, that, you know, that cutting in and out. We'll get to that, but I want to make sure that I, I lay the groundwork first. All right? So Genesis 4, beginning at verse 1, it says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and there came and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Verse 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and 
why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. All right, so now that's very simply just getting into where we'll be this afternoon. But prior to doing that, I want to I wanna give us some context. So now we're talking about Cain and Abel. And it's, it's, we've got to talk about Eve if we're going to talk about Cain and Abel. We've got to reference her. Very quickly we'll do that. So Eve, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. So now what we're seeing is we're seeing the mother of civilization, Eve, bearing her first son, Cain. Right? So now if we back up in chapter 3, what just happened? We see the fall of man. But now also in response to that, we're also seeing this. So now we've got to look at it. We've got to understand it. And that will get us to where we need to be at the point that we made later on. So now what we've got to look at, we've got to look at Eve's understanding of God in verse in chapter 3 and also in chapter 4. All right. So in, e, uh, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 4, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. All right. Genesis 3 and 3 says, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, understanding her understanding of God has changed from chapter 3 to chapter 4. All right? And it's very subtle. If you weren't paying attention, you will miss it. But now she says, I have gotten a man from the Lord in Genesis chapter 4, which in that context gives us the word Yahweh. Right? So now in Genesis chapter 3, when she's speaking to the serpent, she says, God or Elohim, which can be relegated down to an ordinary God in that context. Again, understanding, I'm not saying that, but the Word of God is giving us a different context in how Eve understood who she was dealing with. So now that's important as we continue on in this particular lesson, because again, she addresses him as Yahweh, which is Lord, understanding, Lordship, creator, author of life, as opposed to not having that full concept of who it is that she was served. Again, having that, inter that exchange with the serpent. So now, That'll come back up for us. So I just wanted to make sure I got through that. So now, I've got the man from the Lord. So now we're back in Genesis 4, 1 through 7. So now we've talked about Eve. We've talked about Adam and Eve. And she had Cain, her first son. We talked about Abel. And now she, she bore Abel. So now what we're seeing in verse 3 is we're seeing the first account of religious worship. We're seeing that now. So again, if we back up a little bit, I gotta back up a little bit. If I'm gonna say that, I gotta make sure I, I communicate it. So now, there was no need for that in paradise. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, there was no need to do anything to get to God because they were right there with him. That bond had not been severed. So they were right there with God. Now, everything after that points to our need for Christ because again, he is the way that we're going to get back to that bond, redeeming us, reconciliation. We've got to remember the Bible is a book of salvation and redemption. We've got to remember those things. All right? So now, talking about Cain and Abel. So also, we've got to understand names, right? In, in the Bible, a name means things. Right? A lot of times, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'll leave that alone. So names mean things. So Cain, by definition, in this particular context, means Cain. It means to get, acquire. A possession. So now we understand that that's something that she is communicating again, that lordship. She's communicating, I have bore a son in cooperation with God. Mm -hmm. right? So now it's important that we understand all of these things. And, and I'm saying this because I'm hopefully, hopefully getting ready to paint a picture for you all. Because her understanding of who God was changed from Genesis chapter 3 to Genesis chapter 4. And that's important. Alright? So now, continuing on. So we've got Genesis 4 and 2, which we talked about Abel. Talked about the differences between Abel and the difference between Cain. Right? Cain, 
was a tiller of the ground, right? Abel was a shepherd, if you will. So now we're getting ready to see their understanding of God and how sometimes we can take with us roadblocks to worship, all right? <laughs> so now, and in the process it came to pass that Cain brought the food of the ground and offering unto the Lord, and Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. So now we talked about this is the first, this gives us our first real religious worship, right? We talked about in the Garden of Adam and Eve, there was no need. So now we're seeing it. Now everything we're doing, we have to get back to that showing adoration, that, that showing love, that, that showing that we realize who God is and who we serve. Now, take that and make sure that we understand that for us as well. All right, so hold on to that. So now, what we have to understand, as I mentioned earlier, is John 14 and 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, I mentioned that earlier. There is no way for us to get into a real place of worship without Christ. Amen. So if there's anybody struggling with that piece, Amen. we can deal with it. You, for you to be in a spiritual place of worship, you have to be in Christ, and it comes through Christ. Right? So we've got to understand those things. Very basic stuff. Again, I'm not, I'm not giving anything. I try to trick you. It's just very basic stuff. All right, so now let's look at a parallel for us. All right, let's look at a parallel. A verse and a chapter that we're so, so familiar with. All right? Romans 12, beginning at verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And that happens through who? Christ. Christ. All right, so now, that reasonable service, we've got to understand what that reasonable service is. That reasonable service is your worship. And that's an everyday thing. Right? So now when we're talking about worship, we're not just talking about when we're doing our corporate assembly. We're talking about every single day. Amen. So now when we use this verse sometimes, we have to understand the full context of it. Because your reasonable service is you worshiping and showing how much God means to you because of what he did for you. All right? So now, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now that comes again through Christ. Our worship happens through Christ. We were in need of Christ. So now because of Christ, we have the ability to offer up worship, which is our lives, to God, which is acceptable and communicates His will for us. Right? For I say through the grace given unto me, again, grace is important because that's how we got it. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. All right, so now we understand we're talking about worship here. All right, now I started off by saying sometimes we take with us roadblocks to worship. All right, so we'll get to that. All right, so now let's get back to Cain and Abel. All right, so what's important to realize is that the author describes the two offerings. Right, he describes two offerings. It says, In the process of time, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. But look at Abel. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Look how much more detail we're talking about when we're talking about Abel. It says Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offered unto the Lord. That's what he gave to the Lord. All right? So now we understand. Did Cain bring with him a roadblock to his worship? All right? So now when we talk about offering, if you know, and if you all know me, you know how much I love talking about the Old Testament, but I'm going to digress for the sake of time. But when you're talking about offering culturally during that time, in that Eastern culture, the first fruits, the first of everything went to the Lord, the master, mm -hmm. off top. Mm -hmm. right? You skim that off the top. You don't even question that. That's what you give up off 
top. So when you understand what that does, that indicates a reference, a recognition of authorship, the creator over all things. So now we're seeing Abel's understanding of the God that he served. Mm -hmm. So now Cain and Abel, he also brought the first thing of his flock and the fat thereof. So now also that fat, we got to understand that fat piece as well. Now that is the most savory piece. So when you burn it, the smell is savory. Now we're offering that up because we understand that's the best piece to put on an altar, to burn to God. That's that reasonable service. So now, again, y'all bear with me. So now when we start talking about worshiping, offering up our lives and self-sacrificing, giving to God, how many of us have roadblocks to our worship? But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respected. Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. So now Cain is upset. Cain is upset because you didn't respect the offering that I gave to you. But now we can go back and look at Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And again, we can infer now because we can say that Cain brought with him a roadblock because the way that he offered it to God, God didn't respect it. Mm -hmm. How many of us come and we quote spirit and truth worship, spirit and truth worship. But how many of us, as we say that, are dealing with a roadblock. So how then can we say we are truly spiritual? Amen. Amen. I didn't expect a whole lot. <laughs> I didn't. So now, so he offered it, God rejected it. That's important. So why would God, as we mentioned, why would God reject an offer? So now the beauty of it is God rejected it, but he very simply said, hey, listen, man, you've got some things that you need to deal with. Amen. You've got to deal with some things. He said, listen, all you have to do is, verse 7, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. Get right. Yep, Whatever it is that is blocking or hindering your worship, get right. Come on back and give me. Give me a worship that is worthy of me. Don't do that to me. Don't give me what you think I want. Give me what I asked you for. All right. So again, we quote Romans 12, 1 through 3, but do we understand that that requires some sacrifice and understanding the God that we serve? Again, we see the, the understanding, and that's why I communicated the difference in understanding between Eve in chapter 3 and chapter 4, because she addressed him different, because she understood him different. All right? So now, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So now, God is telling him, hey, listen, man, there's something in you you got to deal with. Mm -hmm. How many times have we been convicted by the word of God and it said, hey, there's something in you that you've got to deal with. Mm -hmm. But rather than deal with it, what we do is we give God some worship. Yep. And when I say some worship, I don't mean good, pleasing worship. Mm -hmm. I, we give him what we can give him at the time. Mm -hmm. Because that's what he means to us at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's on us. All right? mm -hmm. So now, robots to worship. Robot. So, again, we can say collectively, I believe, that Cain had some roadblocks to his worship unto God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, toxic attitudes. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> when we're talking about Cain, you know, and again, we're just inferring. The Word of God gives us some room and some flexibility. Toxic attitude. Imagine I see my brother, you know, laying down his sacrifice, getting it right, going through his whole thing. And I'm looking at him like, man, ugh. Look at him. You know, imagine that. Imagine that attitude and having that in his mind. I'm not saying he did, but imagine that attitude and taking that attitude with him into his worship to God. Now, let's fast forward to us and our toxic attitudes mm -hmm. that we take with us 
on Sundays mm -hmm. because we focus so much on that outward worship. But do we deal with that inward worship? And that's what Jesus talks about. Jesus talks about how is your heart and mind when you come and say you're worshiping me? Do you understand that I came to help you change your heart and your mind? So now, your worship, your reasonable service, are you dealing with roadblocks? All right. Toxic attitudes. Now, if I say toxic, I got to make sure you know toxic is a word that I hear all the time now. So let's see what we're talking about. Ungratefulness. Oof, I know, right? Ungratefulness. How can you be ungrateful to a God that has given you life? So again, without understanding the God that we serve, that's going to be the worship that we give. And again, how much does he mean to us? How much he means to us will indicate where we are in terms of our everyday walk, which is our worship, which is our reasonable service. All right? So toxic attitudes, ungratefulness being the first one. All right, so now, Romans 12 and 3. For I say, though, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, ungratefulness, I want to go back to that very quickly because when you begin to think of yourself more than what you are, you are ungrateful because you forgot who you were prior to God entering into your life. So now you are ungrateful. So now when you come in, you come in with the expectation, oh, I'm, this, it is a privilege for y'all to see me. Amen. Like you doing something for God. You better understand that that toxic attitude can be a roadblock to your worship. And then again, you cannot be truly spiritual when we say worshiping in spirit and truth. So how does your worship spirit? Huh? Dishonesty. So now again, Dishonesty being in that toxic attitude because, again, we can fool folks by the things that we do. Mm -hmm. right? We can even fool folks by the things that we say. Yeah. But, again, at some point, if in your mind and your heart you have not truly submitted and surrendered your will, it's going to come out. You're going to forget that you've been lying. That's what man, You're going to forget that you've been telling a lie this whole time. You're going to do something or say something. Somebody's going to see you. Well, wait a minute now. That ain't who you said you were. Uh -oh. So now in our jobs, a lot of the times when people, people listen, people, when you proclaim to be a member of Christ's church, Amen. understand that folks are waiting for you to tell a lie. Right? So when you do that and you don't realize you're doing it, guess what you bring it into your worship? Hmm. Toxicity. Hmm. Right? Irreverence. Oh, man, irreverence. I got to go to my paper because I forgot what that means. So irreverence. Just show, very simply showing a lack of respect for people or things taken seriously. Mm. That means you don't respect it. So now when we're talking about worship, we can deal with corporate worship on Sundays. When you come in and don't give your undivided attention, when you come in and don't have your mind focused solely on worship, regardless of what you got going on, I ain't saying it's easy, but when, if there is something that is distracting you, you're not giving God the full reverence. So mm. now let's take it outside of Sunday because every day of your life when you are not giving God the full, under, the full understanding of what he's done for you and you're not showing him proper respect by living your life the way that he asked you to live because he's giving you a life through his son Jesus that's a lack of respect mm -hmm. you can chop it up how you want to but the truth of it is it's just irreverence and it's part of that toxicity in your roadblock you gotta be honest about that jealousy oh man Oof. how can you bring jealousy into your worship. So now let's go back to Cain and Abel. Because again, I'm sure that there was some jealousy in that worship because Cain just had his worship rejected by God. Right. Yeah. Abel's good to go. Abel has moved on by his business. Cain is in his feelings now. Like, man, I can, man, look at this. Look at this. How many of us 
have seen something or someone do something and, and be blessed in a way that we don't understand and it ain't for us to understand, but have said, you know what? Uh, man. And I'm making that face because I, when I say toxic, I want you to understand that's the face that people are going to make when you be toxic. That's a toxic face I just gave y'all. So we've got to understand that not just physically, that's not a visible thing. That's what you look like on the inside. So when you come in here or when you tell folks, when you're out evangelizing, trying to evangelize and you're giving people the truth, you can't give it to them in a way that's going to be beneficial because you have a toxic attitude and therefore your worship is in vain. Amen. Come on, y'all. This is simple science. Being cynical, right? Being cynical. Being a cynic means that you're only concerned about your own self-interest and you have an inability to function in a way that's considerate of others. Mm. I'm going to get mine. Right? Mm. You do what you got to do, but I'm, I'm going to get mine. You need me to help you out with something? Listen, I'm out here trying to get mine. I ain't really got time to fool with you right now. So if we look at Cain and Abel, I'm sure, I'm sure and again, I, I, we're just inferring, I'm sure that if Cain and Abel, if Cain had communicated with his brother, there, there would have been some shared interest there. Right. Because we're both having to worship. We're both worshiping. But again, Cain got in his feelings and he was only concerned about his feelings because God just rejected my worship. Hmm. But the beauty of it is, as we said earlier, God actually told him what the issue was. Hey, listen, man, just get yourself right. All we have to do is just navigate around those roadblocks through Christ and get ourselves right and offer up worship that is real, honest, and true. Amen. Sin. All right, now this is pretty cut and dry. Unconfessed sin can be a roadblock to our worship. Right. A lot of the times when we're dealing with things, when we've done something, we've done something in our past, and we haven't confessed it to God, and we're still holding on to that, listen, you're in a place where you could potentially have a roadblock to your worship. Mm -hmm. Psalm 66 and 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear you. Could you imagine praying with mm -hmm. some sin within you that's been unconfessed and trying to get a prayer through, mm -hmm. trying to worship trying to sing songs, trying to encourage someone, but you are still dealing with a roadblock in your worship. And those are the things that we can't see. Again, that's between you and God. So again, remember, you're offering this up, not to us, not to me, but to God. Huh? First John chapter 1, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So mm -hmm. now, going back to Cain and what God told Cain, he said, listen, you're in a particular place. All you have to do is get right. right. Understand that you're in a place that has the ability to take you asunder. That sin is crouching at your door. There's a picture that Brother May had a long time ago where it was, a, it was like a little cartoon where there was a monster or a sin sitting on the other side. And the guy was saying, hey, don't open that door. Mm -hmm. That's very simply what God is telling Cain. Don't open that door. Mm -hmm. Back away. Get yourself right. Remember who I am. I'm the creator of all life. You are here on this earth because of me. Show me some gratitude. Alright? And don't just show it to me. Believe it. Alright? Alright. More roadblocks. Condemnation. This is a big one. Alright? This is a very big one. What do we mean when we say condemnation? Romans 8 1 said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So what are we saying when we say that? What we're saying is there are some of us who get in this particular place where we just, for some reason, can't forgive ourselves. I just, I can't forgive myself for the things that I've done in the past. But if you understand who Christ is and what he's done for you, what he will bring you out of, 
Romans 8 1 says there is no condemnation in Christ. So now I'm overly conscious about myself and not conscious enough about the God that I serve. Mm -hmm. Potential roadblock to your worship. Alright. So again, we go back to Cain. And again, we can we can use that as an example. That'll be our reference point. I'm sure Cain was beating himself up. Mm. Beating himself up. Man, I can't. Oh man, man. He didn't reject my he didn't reject my worship. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness. Condemning himself. How many of our brothers and sisters are steadily and continuously condemning themselves over things that they've done in their past. Yeah. But the yeah. question is, are we still condemning them? And I ain't got to that yet because again, we can we can put up roadblocks for others, so I ain't got that yet. I want to get ahead. Alright? More roadblocks to worship. And I'm just very simply rolling through it. It ain't gonna take long, y'all. Worldliness or culture. Alright? So now, Romans 12 and 2 says what? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, some of us, we get so thrown by the word that when we come up in here on Sundays, or when we try to render up our worship on a daily basis, we so stressed out that we so concerned about things going on in the world. Whether it be politics, whether it be your favorite team ain't doing what you wanted to do, whether it be finances. All those things, we are so caught up in the things of the world that we have forgotten that all we have to do is trust in God. Now, you are living in the world, but you're not of the world. So your worldliness will also end up becoming a roadblock to your worship. But how honest are you going to be about that? Culture will get us sometimes, too. The culture that we live in, we understand some wild things going on. But some of us have yet to release those things from our lives. Which is preventing a roadblock to, which is causing a roadblock, rather. And it's preventing true and real worship. Right? Continue. Roadblocks. A wrong concept of God. Mm. So now, again, going back to that concept that I, I made about Eve and her understanding of how it changed. We see that Abel's, Abel's offering communicated a right concept of God. Cain, not so much because we can see that God rejected it. Right. So there's a misunderstanding somewhere. So now having a wrong concept of God. Matthew 22, 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. You don't know the scriptures, nor do you know the God that you serve. Mm. How many of us? Everybody can't step out and start talking about, I'm going to evangelize and start preaching the gospel. Because you better understand. You better know what you're talking about. Amen. You better not only know what you're talking about, you better know who you're talking about. Because again, a lot of times what you are doing is not only are you you have a roadblock to your worship, you will communicate a roadblock to someone else. Because of your lack of understanding. You better make sure that you understand completely the God that you serve because that will reflect in your everyday life and that will show how you worship, which is your what? Reasonable service. Right? That ain't waiting until Sunday. Sunday is the icing on the cake. That's every single day. Mm -hmm. All right. Pride. That's a big one, y'all. Pride is a big one. There are so many verses that I had to come up off. I just used one verse because I ain't, you know, I ain't gonna get crazy. Proverbs 11 and 2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Now, pride. Pride is something that we can all talk about, whether or not you want to be honest about it or not. So pride is one of those things that my wife gets me all the time, and I use myself because I have no issues. So pride will put me in a position where if my wife tells me I did something wrong, I will rather than accept that wrongdoing that I have done, what I'll do is I'll try to explain. Amen. And the thing that gets me the most is... She'll tell me. 
<laughs> the thing that gets me the most is she'll tell me how to respond. She'll say, listen, you don't have to defend yourself. I'm just telling you what you did wrong. Now, I'm digging in now. Because pride doesn't got me now. I'm like, you even tell me. Like, I, listen, I didn't mean it in that way. That ain't what I meant. You, but, <laughs> so now, we take that concept and we bring it into our worship, which is every day. And then we can go a little further. And our collective assembly <coughs> worship, pride, having an inability to see ourselves and where we are. That's pride, you all. Defending a position rather than listening to where you are. God told Cain, he said, listen, man, hey, you got something going on. You need to deal with this because it's right on the other side of that door. Rather than listen, what did Cain do? We saw he let it get a hold of him. Pride will get in us and it again will provide a roadblock to our worship and prevent us from true spiritual worship. So then we get to talk about spirit and truth, spirit and truth. Listen, your pride is, a, is not allowing you to get to that place. And now you got to question yourself. Wait a minute. Do I really believe what it is that I said I believe? Do I understand the God that I serve? So again, there's a roadblock to your worship. Pride. I, I'm going to leave that alone because I can go for a while now. <laughs> Unreconciled relationships. Man, do y'all believe that? Do you believe that if there's a relationship that you're, you're in, whether it be a friendship or marriage or with your kids, do you believe that if you don't repair that relationship, that can also prevent, that can give you a roadblock to your worship? Amen. Do we know that? Yeah. So here's the thing, Matthew 5, 23, 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, let me start right there. If I'm bringing my gift to the altar, right, in, and what we're talking about now, if you bring something to the altar, that means you're doing what? You're giving up a second, which is it? Worship. That's your worship, right? Jesus said, listen, whoa, before you get to that place of worship, you better fix that relationship. You better fix it. So it says, thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Don't come up in here before you do that, because then what you have done is you have put a roadblock to your worship. We missed that. We miss that because we feel like our positions and where we are, we become cynics because we're only concerned about us. We're only concerned about how we feel in a particular relationship. We forget mm. you're bringing that as part of your worship. So now God has the ability, if he so choose, thank God for his grace and his mercy, mm. he could have rejected that without Christ. Mm. Because some of us don't understand that we can't just have these broken relationships because what we do a lot of times is, and I'm going to get off of it. What we do a lot of times is, is my mom, and I've said this before, my mom and my father, they, they have taught me well because my mother says, listen, you can't go out and treat me any kind of way as your wife and then on Sundays say I love you as my sister. Right. <laughs> Many a times my wife has gotten me. And, she, and again, the word of God, she very simply takes the word of God and gives it back to me. Because, again, there has to be reconciliation in that relationship, just like us. What did Jesus do for us? Reconciled us back to that, that divine relationship that we had with God in Genesis chapter 1. Reconciliation. So how then can you say, I'm worshiping in spirit and truth, if you have that going on? That's a roadblock. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I made that big for a reason, y'all. <laughs> pride. We moved on from pride, but now we're going to talk about this one. Ephesians 4.15. But speaking the truth in love may grow into him in all things, which is the head in Christ. Now, this is a tricky one, you all. Well, what do you mean it's tricky? No, it ain't. It's tricky for a reason, right? Because you have to tell the truth, right? But you also have to love. Mm -hmm. 
So your truth better be in love. And it better sound like you love me. Right? Now, a lot of times we don't, we don't hear that. We don't understand that. We say, well, you know, I'm telling you the truth. Hey, listen, that's on you. In my job, I, I had a conversation earlier. In my job, uh, there's, I, I, I joined the military because I enjoy being in the military. I enjoy that team concept. I believe in getting the best out of people. I believe in doing all those different things. And sometimes you got somebody that you've got to be honest with. Right? And a lot of times what people don't realize is I'm the only one that's being honest with you because I want the best for you. Mm -hmm. right? So now, those lines can get frayed, though, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, what we do is we say, listen, I'm telling you the truth. This is just, this just me. This is how I am. Oh, I just, I'm just honest. I'm just honest. Right? Oh, I'm just honest. But do you love me, though? Because the lines have gotten blurred. So, again, that's a tricky one. And I made it big on purpose because you've got to tell the truth in love. And, again, a lot of times you ain't going to always like what's being told to you. As, but if it's truthful and it's loving. My wife told me, she said, when we first got married, she said, we, you know, we had to work through us. And she said, listen, the things that I'm telling you, I'm your wife. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm trying to tell you the truth because I love you. And I had to learn that. We have to learn that. A lot of times on both sides, listen, we just because we're being truthful don't mean we got to stop being loving. All right. So, all right. Sometimes we focus too much on that truth part and not enough on the love. Yeah. And that, that, that is the line that gets grayed. Right? Yeah. Continue on, roadblocks to worship. Traditionally. All right, that'll get us as well. Matthew 15, beginning of verse 1 through 7, says, when, Then she came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God none effect by your tradition. Mm -hmm. Now, there's context that I don't have the time to get into, but understand, Jesus was, they were using an old, they were taking a concept that was biblical and scriptural in nature and making it a tradition and binding men. That was the Pharisees. That's what they were doing. So again, a lot of the times what happens is they were having a roadblock to worship. They couldn't get to that spiritual worship. They couldn't get to the place where they understood what Jesus was doing. He actually was freeing them from those binds because they were stuck on that traditionalism. How many of us are stuck in a place of traditionalism? We can't really understand what it is that we've got when we worship because we're stuck and rooted in a particular way that is not beneficial spiritually at all. all right? So that requires some honesty. Though. That requires some going back and reevaluating the things that my parents may have been doing, my grandparents may have been doing. Maybe it was, it's a good tradition to hold, but it ain't going to get me where I need to in my spiritual worship. Amen. Amen. Now, I say that about family members, but also quote-unquote churches of Christ have that problem as well. Amen. Right? That's a different lesson for a different day, and I'm going to move up off that. Right? So can we be roadblocks to others? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And, and we are. Um, so we need to understand that sometimes some of the things that we're dealing with in our own individual lives that are roadblocks to us can manifest themselves in ways that are not beneficial for others. That are not beneficial for others. Again, I understand the individual obligation that we have uh, to our own salvation. I got all those things. But we also got to remember that it's not just about me. Mm -hmm. It's about you all. It ain't just about you. It's about me as well. Mm -hmm. 
So we've got to be considerate of one another and understand that some of the things that I may do may cause a problem for you. So I have to be considerate. And that requires for me to understand that in my reasonable service, I have to also consider you. Amen. Otherwise, I could be putting a roadblock up for you and not even know it. Amen. Romans 14, 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Again, that's that individual obligation. You have that. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Amen. So sometimes we can condemn unjustly. Amen. And now what we're doing is we are putting roadblocks up for others. Right? Okay. So now, in conclusion, because right, I'm this is for seven. There was a roadblock. Cain had a roadblock to his worship. God understood that. Mm -hmm. And in his mercy, said, hey, listen, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin life at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Listen, that ruling over him, that ruling over the things that has the ability to be a roadblock for us, that's done through Christ. We have that ability in Christ. That's the thing we've got to understand because we've all got some things that can be roadblocks for us. But we've got to go beyond just quoting John 4, 24 because Jesus is not talking about that outward. Right. He's talking about your inward. Mm -hmm. When you start talking about worship, where is your heart? Where is your mind? Where is your soul? Is all, are all of those things focused on being spiritual in nature or are we just doing it for the sake of doing it? Mm -hmm. Alright? So, James 1, 22 and 27. This goes back to being more than just a savior. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Again, so now, when we do that, we're setting up roadblocks for ourselves. Right? Because what we're not doing is we're not being honest in our everyday lives. Because we're just reading it. We say, yeah, I love God. I want to do all the things. I want to serve him. I want all those things. But I'm only saying it and hearing it, but not yet have I fully believed it in my heart. Hmm. Because in your, once you believe it and surrender your will in your heart, guess what you'll do on the outside? Off top, you're going to do it because you understand the God that you serve. Mm -hmm. right? So now, when we're struggling with those things, right, we've got to begin to re-examine where we are. We've got to do some self-evaluation, some mm -hmm. self-assessment. That's, and there's no issue with that. God gives us the ability to do that through his son, Jesus. But you can't do it outside of Jesus. I want to make sure we communicate that as well. But whosoever look, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, here we go, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. What we'll do is, what we have the ability to do sometimes, we'll take that, uh, visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and we'll do that, right? We'll do that, but we'll leave out that part because that part requires for us to get a little deeper within ourselves and make sure we're doing it, not just so people can say we did it, but we're doing it because we know it's what God would have us do, not being in vain. Now, lastly, again, we heard this earlier today, and you can't get away from it. God gives us the ability 
to get into a right relationship so that our worship is truthful and spiritual. Philippians 4, 8, 9. If you're struggling, if you've got a roadblock, this is what you can do. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Those are things that you can do to move you beyond your roadblocks. Amen. Ephesians 4, 32. Now, this goes back to those unreconciled relationships. This goes back to that dealing with people and, and not being a cynic and only caring about my own interests. And also pride. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That there helps you get over those roadblocks. Now, there are a number of different roadblocks that you all have to address on your own. But this, I hope and pray that gives us an idea of where we are. Now, Amen. hopefully, we can self-assess and self-evaluate and say, wait a minute. Am I the problem? Do I have a problem? Have I been going about this thing the wrong way? Have I been offering up a worship that God, without Christ, would reject? So, I'm done, you all. Again, I, I hope something has been said that encourages you. I hope something that is said that can help you in your daily walk, uh, in your spirit life. Uh, because, again, we've got to understand that we've all got some things that we got to work out. Yes. We've all got things we got to work out. And we have an obligation to one another. But more importantly, we've got an obligation to God to work them out. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of it, same thing with Cain. He gives us the ability to work it out. Amen. So if you're struggling... Afternoon. Or if you're struggling in your life, if you know that when you walk out of this building today, when you go home, you're going to go right back into a place where you are beginning to set up roadblocks for yourself. Take the time now to realize that God has given you the ability to approach his throne and pray and ask for prayers. Everybody in here needs prayers. Amen. Everyone in here needs prayer. Everyone in here is in a particular place where we could be a roadblock to someone else. So let's Think about one another when we're asking for prayers. Let's remember the unity that we have in Christ. Because again, it, it was mentioned earlier today by Brother May about being a house of peace. And as I close, it's a house of peace. It's already been established. Right? There's nothing that we can do with that peace because God said that. The only thing that we could potentially do is try to disturb that peace. Amen. And that's on us. Mm -hmm. So... If you are here and you have not obeyed the gospel, understand that you're going to have some roadblocks to worship. Without Christ, without being in a relationship, without being in him, there is no way that you could offer up anything that God would accept. Amen. But he gave his son for you and your salvation. And again, if you are a member of his body, understand that if you're dealing with roadblocks, if you have yet to address those roadblocks, and now you're in a place where you have no other option but to address them, ask for praise. Because, again, as I said, we're all dealing with something. So, again, hopefully something has been said that is encouraging to you. Uh, and if you all will be found standing for our invitation song. Oh, my.